0: Is going to be about today, just wrapping things up in a, in a pretty little bow and throwing it to the trash. So
1: long, suckers. Right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Sayonara. No, we're,
1: we're done with this.
0: <laughs> we are so done, but we have a couple days to get there. We hope you guys are doing well. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. All of that good stuff. Joshua, how was the holidays for you? um And Madison, I know I saw some pictures and you saw or you said you got some good stuff as well mm-hmm. for Christmas. Yeah.
1: Now we were, we were navigating a little bit, you know, spent most of the day at my parents' house, had a very good time. And then we went with um, her dad and his girlfriend and spent some time with them as well. Um, And Madison's got two younger sisters that are six and four.
0: I saw the cute pictures.
1: They are so cute.
0: They are.
1: And Christmas, like, you know, there's, there's a reason for the season. I never want to get away from that and you know I I get a little bit different around this time of year just trying to be other minded but like Christmas is for them now and it's a big deal so we we try to make sure that they're not rotten but we do spoil them just a little bit and want to make it exciting and so you know we got them some new dolls and we got them some new books and we got them some new you know things to make art with and just all kind of different stuff that you would get some little kids and they enjoyed it and I got Barack Obama's new memoir yeah, myself, which is really awesome. And, um, you know, Madison, and I actually didn't exchange gifts with one another. But we, you know, gave some gifts out to other people and just yep. had a really good time relaxing with the fam.
0: That is what it's all about. As you grow older, and we chatted about this um, before we started recording. It's more exciting once you get to a certain age to be the giver to go and, you know, get the gifts for people, even if they're small gifts. It's just the idea of getting that happy fulfillment of giving something, at least for Mm. me, that's what it has turned into as, as I've gotten older. So that was kind of what I enjoyed this um, Christmas is just giving gifts to people who I really have appreciated, especially over the last year, whether it be people I work with or my family. And then I also Joshua enjoyed what has been my drink of the season. Mm-hmm. I am a martini person. I'm a Cosmo martini. Mm-hmm. And I know your drink of choice is a, you're pretty much straight up. You got the olives. That's been your your drink of choice this year.
1: Yes. And um, we we talked about the Cosmo there. It's a, a fantastic choice. Very, very good. I have been a, a dirty martini guy. I like my yep. martinis up. I like them. A little extra dirty blue cheese olive, regular olive in it. Really, really good choice of Tito's or if I'm feeling bougie, maybe a little bit of Grey Goose. (laughs) Oh, yeah. But overall, definitely got to enjoy a couple of libations with the family as well.
0: Yeah. And I hope you all did, too. We were just curious as what were your favorite drinks of the, I guess, 2020 year to get you through. And you can always tweet at us if you have them. I'd love to actually hear. So tweet us at us. Um, at Kayla Anderson TV and Joshua, they can tweet you at,
1: at RIP underscore JEP. And let us know too, if you've got a, uh, you know, a little cocktail recipe you want to share. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm always down to try, Me you too. Know, I need to make sure you guys are are doing it the right way. So just, just share it with me and then I'll grade it for you. How about that?
0: Perfect. Okay. I like that. Well, let's get into our first segment, and we're going to give a little college football playoff preview. We had last week off to enjoy the holiday season, and so we now have the final four. Were you surprised at all by what you saw, Alabama at number one, Clemson two, um, Ohio State three, and Notre Dame
1: four? Um, Not surprised at all. I think the committee did basically what we thought they were going to do. If the committee had any – if they had any nerve they would have put cincinnati in at the 4 spot but i'm not going to yeah. go too hard on that on this episode i think i think they did what what was expected
0: yeah i think you're right I, it, it's just one of those things where you can you know have your opinion on who you thought might have been at that number 4 spot but it i don't think anyone is surprised and it is what it is this year guys and we'll see how it plays out i think we all kind of have an idea how that is going to play out. Um, first and foremost, we've got Alabama versus Notre Dame. That's going to be the first game. And I just wanted to mention really quick before we get into this preview, I'm really excited because Devontae Smith, wide receiver for Alabama, uh, was named the college football player of the year by the Associated Press on Tuesday. And he is the first wide receiver to win the award since that was established in 1998. And what's so exciting about this, Joshua, is he received 26 first-place votes um, and 114 points. So you start to wonder, and that's ahead of Mac Jones, his quarterback, you start to wonder, do you think there's a chance he could win the Heisman?
1: Definite chance. And, you know, the AP voters might be a little bit different in how they think about um, the Heisman than the Heisman voters, but I think this could be a little bit of a preview of maybe – the the shift in mentality of Mm -hmm. what people thought and we talked about this before like the Heisman has become so much of a quarterback award that it's an upset if anybody outside of a quarterback wins it it seems like yeah but I we've also made the point that if Mac Jones is a Heisman front runner or Heisman finalist and he's the second best player on maybe the third best player on that offense, depending on who you might ask, Mm -hmm. um, then Devontae definitely deserves his proper due. Whether he gets it or not, uh, we will see.
0: Yeah, I'm rooting for the guy. That's all I have to say. I think the last non-quarterback to win it was Derrick Henry uh, running back now for the Tennessee Titans. That was back in 2005. So I'm definitely rooting for Devontae to win that. We'll see what happens. What do you think? This is going to, when it's all said and done, how do you think this game between Notre Dame and Alabama is going to play out? Because when I look at this game, I just see Alabama written all over it. This offense is just way too potent. Um, The defense for the most part is good enough um, against a Notre Dame team that I think a lot of people, again, you could question, you know, them being at the number four spot.
1: Yeah. I don't think it's close if I'm being completely yeah, honest. like, And I, I gave my score prediction on another show is like 42 to 14. Yeah. And the person I was doing the show with said that they thought it was going to be like 52 to 14. And so maybe I'm not giving Alabama enough credit. I have no really? idea, but um, it's, it's got blowout written all over it and you're right. I don't think anybody is stopping Alabama's offense. Like your best, scenario to beat Alabama is to have a potent offense as well and just try to outscore them because you know like they they got too many guys their quarterbacks an elite guy they've got one of the best wide receivers like period point blank that we've seen in a little while they've got an elite running back like it's i don't know what you're going to do and then this is why i think that they can have success on defense is Ian Book is not an elite quarterback mm-hmm. and he's the only quarterback in the college football playoff that's not an elite quarterback, which already puts his team at a disadvantage. Yeah. But they don't have elite receiver talent. They've got a good wide receiver and a good tight end. And their running back is a good player, but he's not like a, a big pass start or anything. No. They've got um they've got a, a an, an elite cornerback in in Sertain who can erase their best p- pass catcher essentially out of the game plan and then make them play left-handed and have the rest of the defense just account for guys who aren't necessarily game breakers. And so that's where I came up with the 14 number is, mm-hmm. I think it's just going to be really hard for Notre Dame to to move the ball because I don't think that they – it's not I don't think. They don't have an elite quarterback, and I don't think the rest of their offense can rise to the level to make Ian Book look elite.
0: And the only time that an underdog of, of I guess, this capacity – can beat a team like an Alabama is this if just Alabama beats itself and I just don't see that happening with a Nick Saban who has just time in and time again just shown us that he has his teams for the most part always ready no matter yeah. what the situation is Um, this guy is just he's proven why he's the best coach in college football I mean it just doesn't matter what the situation is it's, he pretty much has his guys ready and I just don't see them making mistakes.
1: Yeah, and you're you're spot on about that. Like, if I were to pick um, in a coaching battle, who would I want? Nick Saban or Brian Kelly? Like, it's a pretty yeah. easy choice, and it's not to disparage Brian Kelly, but like Nick Saban's obviously the better choice, and he's been there more often too, which is why you would pick him in this scenario. Um, but it would Alabama beating themselves. I feel like is not just a long shot because of how good of a coach Nick Saban is how good the players are but they would have to do it so many times Mm -hmm. for Notre Dame to have a chance like Alabama's favored by 20 points or whatever the case is like think about how many mistakes they would have to make to to let a 20 point underdog beat them I just it's hard for me to see it
0: no you're right so I I, again we're both picking Alabama in that one we don't think it's really going to be close the next game Okay, I'm this is going to be so interesting, and it just leading up to this, we've heard so much of Dabo again running his mouth like he has all of 2020. He went and said that he, um, you know, he had to get his jab in saying that he picked Ohio State 11th in the coaches' poll, which I just thought was just why would you even say that? I mean, first of all, that's not even true, I think we all know you can't put Ohio state at 11. You're lying yeah, to yourself, dumb. bro. Um, but to just to go out and say that is just stupid. So first your thoughts on Dabo stirring the pot. Cause I don't necessarily think that's a good thing for
1: yeah, Clemson. Not at all. I, I just, I, I can't understand any of the logic behind it and that this, so this is the explanation that he made. And I think it's a stupid explanation As he said, That Ohio State hasn't played enough, and he's—you have to qualify teams based off the number of games that they played, which I think is dumb. Like you can look at a team and know how good they are based off of a six-game sample size, the same way you could look at a game who a team who's played eleven games, and you can make that same um, extrapolation how good you think they are. And then you—you got to go down through as you're making that list too. You're 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 ranking your teams, and you would ask the question, okay, so Ohio State's at eleven, so. Does Cincinnati beat Ohio State neutral field? No. Does Georgia beat Ohio State neutral field? No. Does Florida beat Ohio State neutral field? No. Does Oklahoma – like you go through and you do that exercise. And that's why it's stupid is because we sit here as people who watch college football and we go down the list and we look at all those teams and we say, okay, so outside of Clemson and Alabama, none of those teams are really beating Ohio State on a neutral field. Right. And so regardless of how Dabo feels, it's it's 100% a shot because – your your logic is irrelevant. It's stupid. It's disrespectful. And then you couple that with the, oh, well, our game plan is going to be really easy because we yeah. only have to look at six games and Ohio State has to study all of ours. Like, there's so much tension that exists oh, between God. these two programs. <laughs> and for Ohio State, part of the tension and the angst is you feel like they don't respect you and you've never beaten them before. Yes. And I, don't, I, I just don't know why Clemson feels this way. Like, Dabo feels I like either. he has to be petty. But um, this is made for TV. It's it's a primetime matchup. I think it's definitely the more even matchup that could go either way. I do too. I, I love both of the quarterbacks playing in this game. I think two of the best head coaches in college football right now are coaching this game. You've got some of the best coordinators in college football that will be coordinating in this game. It's like everything's lining up. But Dabo definitely is a petty coach, and he was taking shots, and now he's going to have to show up in the game. And if he's got it, he's got it. But I think Ohio State's got some tricks up their sleeve.
0: It was interesting. I was listening to Paul Feinbaum this week and somebody had brought up and I can't remember the interview he was doing, but they were on the subject of Dabo and why he felt like it was necessarily t- necessary to you know, say what he said. And they were pretty much saying like he still has this complex that he's an underdog, that he's like the little man on the totem pole that has to be stupid for that. And it's like you're not though anymore, bro. And and so you're you're displaying this false identity because how are you gonna be the low man on the totem pole
1: and you make ten million dollars a year?
0: That's what they said. That's what they said. That's exactly what they said. What are we
1: doing? Just stop it because now you look stupid. Mm -hmm. And and if if you go out there and you can't win the game, or if for some reason this game gets out of hand and you're on the the short end of the stick yeah. on that one, like how do you look? Because you put all this energy out into the universe and you're writing checks you couldn't cash.
0: What is the one thing Ohio State is going to have to do if they win this game, to win this ah, game, I think you should say?
1: Really good question. Um, I think this is one of those, you're going to have to score more points than the opponent maybe one of those whoever has the ball last wins type situations. I think Ohio state has to do really two things that work in tandem Mm -hmm. is they have to run the ball effectively just so they can get a little bit of versatility out of that offense and draw some of the, the secondary toward the line of scrimmage. And then the probably the bigger key is their offensive line is going to have to protect and the running backs are going to have to do a great job in protection. And I watched the tape and Clemson's front seven is very, very good. And I don't necessarily think they've got like the elite guys that we've seen in the past, but as a front seven as a whole, they are very, very good with an elite coordinator Um, and they do some great things. And you'll look at the tape and there will be guys, scot free wide ass open in the secondary and the quarterbacks running for his life or he's on his back. So he can't see his receivers that are wide open. I think Clemson's secondary might have some issues that haven't quite yet been exposed, Mm-hmm. that Ohio State has the opportunity to expose because they've got a quarterback with a great arm and they've got a wide receiver group who's got two guys that I don't know if anybody in America can cover. Yeah, And so it will be on the protection to allow all of the routes to develop downfield yep. because there will be shots that Ohio State can take.
0: Great work there, Joshua. And hope hopefully you guys uh, got a little preview of what's to come. I'm actually really excited. I'm I'm not as excited for the Alabama game as you can. Probably guess because I think that's gonna be a blowout <laughs> but I really am looking forward to this game so hopefully it is what we you know kind of have been working it up to be and I'm not gonna not gonna pick any favorites here oh yes I am <laughs> I want Ohio State to win come on now yep
1: and I've Please got this couldn't. one as a uh, a 38 to 35 Ohio State dub
0: I love it I can't wait to talk about it next week okay you guys well thanks to the lack of natural athleticism or commitment uh, or overbearing sports parents. Fewer than one percent of one percent of one percent of people will ever play professional football, and I always say this. Joshua is part of that. You should feel so lucky, my friend.
1: You That's know, crazy it's a combination of luck. I was born in the <laughs> damn gene pool lottery, and then a little bit of grind in there.
0: Right? I love it. Well, instead of entering the NFL, they have joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. That includes me. Uh, the football season will be different, as it has played out and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch it. I like doing the ice cold Pepsi, like in a, in a, in a cup with the ice, all of that, the crushed ice is what I prefer uh, when I cover the Titans on game day. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power you through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, although it could be, it is made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. So we go into segment two, Joshua, And this has just been something I expected would happen. And that's why I really didn't think that all these bowl games were necessary
1: in 2020
0: Mm. with how COVID has just disrupted everything. Did you really think we were going to get in these bowl games last minute? I mean, a lot of them, it just came up right after the season ended. It was like, here we go into bowl games. I didn't even know they were starting to tell you the truth at one point. Um, we've recently had the Texas Bowl between Arkansas and TCU canceled. Um, Who's the, the sponsor new-
1: of the Texas Bowl?
0: Um, Good question.
1: You got to throw the sponsor see. in there.
0: I know, but sometimes they're so long. I just, I'm over it. Texas Bowl. Okay. Uh, oh, I don't know how to say it. That's why I didn't put it in there. <laughs>
1: mercari is that how you say that?
0: i guess so mercari that sounds correct but that's why i didn't put it in there joshua you know I what knew that is a reason what is it it's an so app I... where
1: you can buy and sell stuff
0: oh my god see i just like i mentioned when are we gonna have a depends bowl <laughs> i mean we're to that <laughs> point right depends bowl <laughs>
1: Uh, like, I mean, it'd probably be better than some of these bulls we're watching right now.
0: Like they could give out the trophies, like a big, huge diaper.
1: <laughs> the the winning coach has to go to the presser in a, in a diaper.
0: Right. We got some coaches up there in age that probably, you know,
1: well,
0: might, might be wearing those at some point. Um, so that one was canceled. And then the music city bowl, it's actually a really good one right here in Nashville that was supposed to be played this week was canceled because Missouri had um, too many positive COVID-19 cases. And I wanted to ask you about this really quick, Joshua, because we talked to uh, head coach, Eli Drinkwitz this week and on Mon- on Sunday when they, they decided they were canceling it. And he took all the blame in the way that he said, look, our players didn't do anything wrong. I did allow them to go home for the holidays. I, you know, felt like they deserved to be with their parents around the holidays and so on and so forth. And then, you know, these guys, they they come back and they have positive cases. So he is saying if there's any blame put on anyone, it's me. I mean, what do you think about the choice to do that? You're already laughing, so I already know you've got an opinion on this.
1: <laughs> what the hell did he think would happen, I guess, is oh the question God. there. Um, by the way, that's that. it's a, the the trans perfect uh, Music okay. City Bowl, and yeah. they do uh translation, e discovery, and language services.
0: There you go. I,
1: these are all predictable outcomes. Like, this is the part of the pandemic that becomes really frustrating to me is like you're trying to play in a bowl game. Um, there are sacrifices that have to be made to do that, and I understand it's the holidays. If you wanted your guys to go home, turn down the bowl bid, just don't go to the game. Because mm-hmm. it was one hundred percent predictable that your guys could come back, they could have COVID, you could drop below a threshold of where you would feel comfortable playing, and the game would be canceled. And then if you're Iowa and you you missed out on an opportunity to send your guys home, like how do you feel? Because if yeah. I if I didn't get to see my mother and father on Christmas because I was prepping for a bowl game, and the irresponsible ass other team just said, screw it, we're going to see what happens after we send everybody home and we can't play in that game, I'm livid. Because that's one holiday miss that I'll never get back.
0: Right. No, and I get it. I mean, there's not really an easy answer or the right decision. It's just, it comes down to, you know, these bowl games. I just feel like these bowl games necessarily, I just other than the New Year's, you know, six games or whatever. Is that right? New Year's six, right? Am I saying that right? Yep um other than those i just i don't know if we needed that i mean half these teams don't even have a winning record
1: yeah now i, mean, I guess i don't
0: know am i being did these kids really want to play in these ball games am i being
1: no so let me let me really go in on the ball games real quick um because i get exactly where you're going with it i think some teams in terms of coaches would have valued the time the extra practice time with their teams to try to develop them especially since they missed out on spring practice and they feel like, you know, if you got a young roster or new quarterback or whatever the case is, you value that time. I think a lot of teams were smart enough to realize that their players were exhausted. The coaches were exhausted, et cetera. They just wanted their their kids to be able to go home for the first time since they came back to campus, spend some time with their families. Totally respect that. For the smaller bowl games, not a, I mean, it's it's a reward typically at the end of the year for players to get out of town and go and, and, and try to to cap it off with another victory against mm-hmm. a team they're not really familiar with. A lot of times you get to go down there, you get the bowl gifts, you get the bowl experience, you get to, you know, go to the amusement park or go to the museum or whatever the hell and experience a different city and go to the restaurants at night and do some charity work and all kind of different stuff. And this year it was not that. It was a, for most teams, fly-in, business trip, maybe the day before, uh, two days before the game. I know Ohio State's flying in. Uh, like their, I think their charter leaves at 9 PM uh, oh, wow. the night before the game. Like they're, they're eating dinner at the facility before they get on the bus to go oh, to the wow. charter. Like it's totally business. And then as yeah. soon as the game is over, they're out as quickly as they can be they're, out. Yep. And so it's, it's unlike any bowl experience. So if you're not maybe a new Year's six or you're not a semifinal game, I could totally understand why you wouldn't take the bowl bid. What I can't understand is why you would take a bowl game and then do something that, you know, would absolutely jeopardize your ability to play in said bowl. game. I think that's really irresponsible. And then the other thing, too, and this is like going completely off script, but you know how I like to do it, Kayla, is I'm I'm looking at cats like uh, Kyle Pitts, for example, who I think just completely opted out is not playing in the bowl game.
0: Yeah, I think they have like a few wide receivers too.
1: Yeah, I think I saw Trayvon Grimes' name pop up or whatever the case is. All right, so you get those guys. They're a New Year's Six bowl game. They say, screw it, it's not a playoff game. I'm not playing. You got a team like Indiana uh, sitting on the outside looking in, wishing that they could have been in a New Year's Six bowl game. And for some guys, if it's not the playoff, it's not important enough. And for Indiana, that's a program-changing opportunity to play in a New Year's Six game. And it's a game-changer for a lot of those guys on the roster who may not ever get an opportunity to play in a new year's six game and you've got other players and i'm not i'm not mad at the players i'm not mad at the players because you go out there and you protect your your body and you make your money because you you deserve it after working for free but to see just like this year was just a mess with bowl games and and the new year's six thing that's we've seen guys opt out of those and i think that's just an overall issue with where college football is right now in terms of what we deem important but in such a strange year, I guess, like, all I'm saying is I think the whole thing kind of sucks right now, and it sucks for players, it sucks for coaches, it sucks for people who are invested in these bowl games and, and pay out money for naming rights and all that kind of stuff, but, like, I, I just, I look at the situation that we're in right now in 2020, and I'm, I'm playing results a little bit, but I'll look back at the end of this year, and I would like to legitimately get, you know, 20, 30 head football coaches and, um, you know, maybe 100 division one players together and ask them the question was this year really worth it? Like if you knew, if you had the information that you have right now, if you knew everything that you know, right now, if you knew that back in May, would you make the decision to do what you just did was the sacrifice that you went through worth playing the amount of games that you did, the, the amount of success or the, the little amount of success that you would have had this year, because I'm sitting back as somebody who's consuming it and, to be completely real somebody who gets paid because we're playing football this year. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how many of the teams that I cover in the big 10 would have said based off of the results and based off of the struggles that they went through, that it would have been worth it to press on the way that we did. And so again, kind of went off script there. Um, uh,
0: It's it's some great points,
1: but yeah, it's the whole thing sucks right now.
0: Well, I'm, hoping that this is the last time at least in the near future that we have to have these discussions like we have had this entire season although we've tried to make it and incorporate as much entertainment and lightheartedness as we could um considering the situation at hand but you know i it's it is what it is and these are the thoughts that we've shared and those were some great points joshua I'm um, hopefully things can get back to normalcy um, for the most part. But I, I do, before we we move on to our final segment, I do have to ask you, though, I mean, do you think anything that has occurred this year because of the COVID-19 restrictions and so on and so forth, do you think anything will change with the postseason moving forward?
1: Yes and no. Um, yes. So this is one of the things that I thought was cool is that every team did have an opportunity for the bowl game and it's not like I would have watched those games but I like I said before I think the reps to develop players are really important and it's kind of a dumb system that if your team sucked then you don't get a bowl game and that means you can't practice and try to get your team better
0: Mm -hmm.
1: like I think everybody should have the opportunity whether they play in that bowl game or not to take the 15 practices sure and Uh, really work on their team and really try to build and improve because I think it would make a difference and and maybe level that playing field just a little bit in terms of of experienced players and young players getting reps the whole deal. Um, I also think that the the bowl games that aren't New Year's Six or semifinals have been hard to watch and I've watched a number of them Mm -hmm. Um, and I've watched some bad football this year people so for me to say that it's I'm, I'm taking it there but um, I think this is going to force the decision makers to look at the, the lack of equity within big time college football and see what adjustments need to be made. Sure. And what what that probably looks like is playoff expansion, which I'm not necessarily a fan of, but I think that's what we might oh, have to gone. get to. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that creates a, a very good solution to, uh, the new year's six bowl game type issue situation. Yep. Um, and then the last thing I'll say is I think that with the Rose bowl switching locations, we have officially shifted the, the power from the old bowl structure now to what's best for the conferences in the universities. And so if they can say that, well, Rose Bowl you only want to do this for us you only want to give us this much money and we've got a venue in x city that's willing to pay us you know two three four ten million twenty million dollars more to host a bowl game then we're just gonna we're gonna take our our teams we're gonna take our conference to that area and and so I think we start to see maybe a little bit of shift in how those are done too but it's been, again, a year that's forced us to really take a look at the way we handle business and, and, and make adjustments based off of that.
0: Yeah, great points. Again, I agree with you about kind of the shift in tradition with some of these bowl venues. Um, it is all about the money. So wherever the money goes or where it is, that's where these these games are going to go when it's all said and done. Well, football has uh, you know been back in full swing for a bit now. So you might not be able to go to the games this year, but you can still – Bet on the action online. Bet online is going the extra mile to make sure you get in on every possible chance to win this season from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. Bet online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division and championship futures all day, every day. Just had to bet online today. Take advantage of those great sign up bonuses. And don't forget to use the promo code blue wire at bet AG. That is Blue Wire, all one word, BetOnline, online, your online sports book experts. So, our final segment we thought would be really fun to give our best and worst of 2020. We each picked something. So, I will get us started, Joshua. And my best of 2020, I don't think you're going to be surprised here, but I am going to go with Sarah Fuller. I'm going to keep it right here in the town that I live in. She became the first woman in a power five conference to kick in, a, in an actual game. Um, she had that squib kick back uh, when they faced Missouri. And while she wasn't able to kick any extra points in that game, she then went on to play in what would be Vanderbilt's final game of the regular season against Tennessee. And I was actually able to witness this myself. So that's even more why I picked this because it was special to me. But she became the first woman um, in a Power Five um, conference to score points. So that was definitely my best. Uh, I just think it left me with warm fuzzy feelings. The reaction from her teammates um, after the extra point was the most amazing thing I've seen in a long time. So that is my best of 2020.
1: I like that pick. It's um, definitely a highlight for me too. Just seeing the shift and just I guess who is included mm-hmm. you know the, the the shift in how we're going to think about the game from here on out and the empowerment that goes along with that for a lot of young ladies who are very interested in maybe not just playing football but coaching football and, and being a part of um sports organizations that are typically male dominated I love that uh for me my my best moment was Ohio State winning their fourth straight Big Ten championship and yeah. um you know, we we get so caught up now in playoff appearances and can you win a national title and mm-hmm. all that other kind of stuff, and we kind of forget about the importance of conference championships. And I, I'll never pass that by because I was a part of really successful teams at Ohio State, one national title. We went fifty and four. We we lost four games in a four year span, but we only won one conference championship. Right. We were only the best in the Big Ten one time. In my four years at Ohio State. And so I just never like glossing that by because it's a big deal. And uh those guys earned it this year is difficult. And and they definitely, you know, they showed that they were the top of the top in the Big yeah. Ten.
0: And they, you know, they had to battle through some adversity. They had to battle through the fact that they didn't start when these other conferences started. So I think that's a really good one. And, you know, give these these um, players and the coaching staff a lot of credit for that big 10 title will definitely mean something when you look back at it. Um, My worst, and I hate to have to say a worst, but let's just be honest. 2020 was full of a lot of bad things. And so let's just get them, throw them on the table, right? Let's get them out there. And and this one, you could probably guess I was going to say too. I just could not handle the Pac-12 and the way that they decided to go about everything this season in terms of football. I mean, why even play the season when you started it, That late. I thought that that was disastrous. Yeah, we saw a few games, but for the most part, it wasn't anything to write home about. They did not get a spot in the college football playoff, nor did I think that they would. Um, You had Washington that didn't even play in the championship game. And then you had Oregon beat USC, which wasn't even supposed to be playing in the championship game. It just, the whole thing is a mess. Larry Scott is still there and he is continuing to bring that conference down. Clay Helton has proven that he's not an elite head coach and I don't know why he's still at USC. So just everything about the Pac-12 disappointed me and they land in my worst category. I hope they can fix it, Joshua. I hope next year I have positive things to say about the conference that I graduated with and that I love so very much.
1: Yeah, it- We, we were struggling here in the Midwest, but we, we could at least look out West and know that we, we didn't do the worst job. So yeah, there it is. Mm -hmm. Um, And that you're
0: not followers. Oh yeah, that's right.
1: (laughs) you um, You
0: guys speak, at least you can say we make decisions. I mean, I know that they ended up going back and playing, but for the most part, I mean, it wasn't, they came out and decided, you know, we weren't playing. That was their decision so at least you know you're not like followers for for the most part
1: yeah for my worst i would have to say the ohio state michigan game getting canceled Uh, um, yeah that was difficult because it's it's one of those things that's like a um it's permanent on your calendar like even without looking at the physical calendar you just know when it's time like your you know your body starts to feel different you know, the weather starts to feel different and, you know, just everything in you starts to feel a little bit different here in central Ohio. And it's just, it felt empty is probably the best way to describe it. And this is a year that's been full of emptiness. And so to actually toward the end of the year feel empty again, was definitely a little bit sobering, but that would have to be it for me. I wish I could have witnessed that game. I wish I could have watched my boys beat their ass um, per usual, but we just, we didn't get it.
0: Yeah. I felt bad with not you guys not being able to play that game. I mean, we didn't play the apple cup between Washington state and the Huskies. And that's a big one for us too. And that was a bummer, but you know, that game, the game between Ohio state and Michigan is such a big, big game. And it just, I mean, it's one of, if not the biggest rivalry in the country, rivalries in the country and all the stuff that they do leading up to it. I think that is why you kind of felt like it was a little bit empty, you know, like something Mm -hmm. that wasn't right. Right during that week because it wasn't because that's what happens when you lead up to that game i i i lived that for three years you know living in, in columbus so i understand it so yeah that was a big bummer and and hopefully that will um all be right next year and who knows who the head coach will be at michigan i mean you know who knows <laughs> we'll see that we could will. you know we'll see how that all shakes out but hey well this was fun um it's crazy to say this is our last podcast, Press Path podcast of 2020. It has been really fun, my friend, because I feel like despite all of the craziness that has gone on, we were able to come on here pretty much each and every week, have a conversation, hopefully share things with you guys, the audience, you guys hopefully learn some things, had some fun. Um, and it maybe took you away for a minute, right? to a, To a place where you didn't have to think about all the other stuff that was going on. And you could just put in your headphones or listen in the car on your way to work. And, and that's what we're going to continue to provide you with here in 2021. But I think we're going to, you know, we'll definitely add some, some fun stuff and we'll have to brainstorm, but we'll have some good things coming your way.
1: You know, it's, um it's always a pleasure doing this show. And I think you kind of hit the nail on the head, especially this year. Like one of the things I enjoy about being in sports media was one of the things I enjoyed about being an athlete is we have the opportunity to take people away from some of the things that are going on and they just get a break and they can they can enjoy what I provided as an athlete now what we provide in sports media and especially this year with all the wildness I, I hope that people enjoyed that and it was a, a little bit of a reprieve for them uh, when they would listen to the show as it released every week but definitely going to level up for 2021. Um, you know, we, we gotta, we gotta definitely amp this thing up, but it's, it's always a pleasure working with you.
0: It's a pleasure working with you, my friend. Um, we'll work on, we promised them we'd work on the Kiffin thing. I've got some other things I'm trying to work on. So, um, with that, you have your, um, martini, your, what is it called? Dry, is it on the rock? My dirty, my dirty martini. martini. I'll I'll cheers you with my Cosmo. Cheers to all of you out there. Um, have a stupendous, safe, and happy new year. And we will see you back here for episode, I found this very interesting too, 110 Joshua to start off the new year next week. Right? Yes. We've got some good it. things to come. I already feel it, man. All right. It was a pleasure working with you this uh, 2020 season. It was a pleasure um, you know, broadcasting to all of you guys. And we will see you back here, same place, same time next week.